Gabrielle Marie, philosopher, entrepreneur with almost 10 years of career and business mentoring under my belt. My purpose in life? World peace, of course, but in a slightly humbler fashion, helping people to say fuck it and free themselves from the stuff that keeps them from living fully. Get unstuck. Get unstuck. Hi. I'm back with a new episode of the Get Unstuck with Muriel Marie podcast, where we explore what it means to be stuck and find inspiration to live our best lives. I'm your host, Muriel Marie, and in today's episode, I want to dive deep with you into the subject of failure and how not to let it define you. I'm going to start by sharing some (coughs) personal stories of failure, yeah, I know, from my own life and entrepreneurial adventures. And I'm going to add in a few stories from my coaching clients and offer a bit of philosophical perspective on why our failures don't define us. Plus, we'll explore how we can transform failure into positive experiences. So let's get started. What's the fear of failure and where does it come from? The fear of being wrong or making mistakes is often connected to perfectionism. And that's certainly true because being afraid of making a mistake or doing something wrong, quote unquote, is something that we're conditioned into almost from the day that we're born. As children, we learn how to behave by being reprimanded for the mistakes that we make. Now, there's also a neuroscientific and biological element to this. Being able to learn from our mistakes is how our ancestors survived the plains of the savannah and how we've made it to today. So there are advantages to being able to recognize mistakes, learning from them and improving our choices and actions over time. However, and this is where things become tricky, For many, my former self included, the fear of failure can become so overwhelming that it gets us and keeps us stuck. Being afraid to make mistakes is not only related to perfectionism. It's often a solid pull for staying where you are instead of trying to change your life. But the type of failure that keeps us stuck is a fallacy. It's just not true. As I've mentioned, it's a construct we take with us from childhood often given to us by caregivers or teachers. Since so much of our growing up centers around learning to play nice and avoiding mistakes, when we finally reach adulthood, many have it drilled into our very core that taking any misstep is dangerous. And if, as an adult, you ventured out and made mistakes in your personal or professional life before, that can then add up to making it even harder to be willing to jump again and try new things. Because the fear that it might not work out can be a powerful block to achieve your dreams and goals. But the reality is that we all continuously make mistakes. Ta-da! It's out of the bag. There it is. Think of AI, for instance, as a concept. And yes, I know I'm going on a little tangent here, but bear with me for a second. So AI is built on how our brain works loosely. Now, how does AI learn and become better? 
by making mistakes and improving its decision-making process based on what it learns from there. So clearly, even from um, a technological and a natural point of view, because our brains work the same way, this is the best method of learning. So of course, and this is why AI is so incredible and at the same time so dangerous, since it has the capacity to make mistakes, it can also come to wrong conclusions and make big ones. And to talk about that a little bit more, there is a really cool spreadsheet available online and created by one of my favorite AI researchers. Her name is Victoria Krakowna, and she has some great talks on YouTube as well. I'll add some links in the show notes. Now, the spreadsheet that she's put together and keeps on updating, which I'll also link in the show notes is a running list of specification gaming in AI. So that is AI systems coming up with hacks, quote unquote, to solve problems. And those hacks, although clever, are mistakes or at least misinterpretations of the rules of the games. Now, needless to say, they're usually not conducive to a game well played, although they are usually providing the AI system with a win. So that's really interesting, especially when you're interested in AI. Now, if you Google AI gaming hacks, um, if you want to know more about it, I can guarantee you're going to find some incredible things because this is super interesting stuff. Anyway, AI systems don't really care about the mistakes they make. They just use them to learn, right? That's how they're programmed. And in a way, it's the same with us, or it should be. But because there is such an emotional component to making mistakes, mostly because of other people and what they will think, Mistakes and failure are often hard to swallow. One thing that can help to handle the fear of failure better is to talk about it more openly. But that's not something we generally do. When does one ever talk about all the things that didn't work out for them to get where they are today? Very seldomly. I mean, I don't know about any success stories where a big emphasis is placed on all the mistakes that led to all of the wisdom that was necessary to get to the ultimate success. Because we have a tendency to highlight the success stories of our role models based on all the wins along the way and to ignore or sweep under the carpet this other side of the success coin, which is that no big win ever happens without big learnings and thus without big mistakes as well, because big learnings don't come from the biggest wins. They come from the moments where you fall flat on your face and you realize you were completely wrong and you have to get up again. Now, to help demystify failure, I'm going to share with you a number of big mistakes that I've made in my life. And I feel secure and confident as a human being today and as an entrepreneur, thanks to all of these mistakes, because each time, and some of them were really expensive too, believe me, they allowed me to grow and add information and insights to my knowledge base of how life and business actually work. Okay, so here are a few of my mistakes. Vulnerability alert, please be kind to me. So I once, this is a long time ago, I once paid someone, I hardly knew, 20,000 euros, approximately the same amount of dollars, with inflation, probably around $30,000 or euros, if you convert it to today, for a franchise. Now, the business didn't exist. So the guy left for another country the day after I'd paid him. 
And a few weeks later, this is, this is a true story. And a few weeks later, he sent me a picture of the jet ski that he bought with my money. I never heard from him again. And I also never signed any agreements again without absolute proof that the business existed beforehand. So that was a great lesson. It was an expensive one, but it was an amazing one. Another time in the early days of my um, business career, I accepted to put the phone bill of one of my independent sales guys on my company after he pleaded with me and told me that he would use it only for emergencies and to call clients. So he was making a good case. He needed to be able to call because, you know, he was a sales guy. This was in the early days of uh, mobile phones and everything was super expensive back then. There was no WhatsApp. I mean, it was a different time. Now, he left the company after a month, and a few days after that, I received a bill for 4,000 euros, $4,000 for his phone calls in the mail. Of course, I had no other option but to pay it and to like swallow the lesson and never give anyone an open phone bill contract in my name or that of my company again after that. Now, another one is a few years into my first business, I got a call from a London law firm inquiring about my willingness to sell a trademark that I'd purchased a few years earlier. I wasn't doing anything with the trademark and I was so excited about the opportunity that I accepted their offer without negotiating. For me at the time, it was an amazing amount of money. Now today, it's less than what you need to be able to buy a jet ski. (laughs) So it wasn't all that much. But once the trade was made, I realized the company that was behind the purchase because I hadn't checked anything. I was just super naive, super happy, like, whoa, 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 I'm getting free money. And so I realized what company was behind the purchase and also that I could and should have asked for at least five times the amount of money they offered me. I never again accepted an offer at face value and I've upped my negotiation skills ever since. It still hurts sometimes though, I have to be honest, because that's uh, what lessons do. If they don't hurt a little bit, we don't really learn. At least that's how I'm wired. I need a big kick in my butt. If I don't get it, I don't learn. So I have many, many more of these stories. Some of them include failed relationships, failed friendships, uh, people stealing things from me because I was too naive. And I'm talking about money, but I'm also talking about IDs. I'm talking about intellectual property. Um, signing contracts that were one-sided and where I got the the shorter end of the stick, starting projects, believing in them, um, and then figuring out that they wouldn't work out even, that like they were failed um, before they even started. So all of these things happened. And I still make mistakes, right? There's still stuff happening all of the time, but it's fewer and more far between. And I'm much more aware of what I'm doing. And I'm also much quicker at learning lessons when things don't go the way they should be going. So every time that something happens that doesn't work out, I learn. And I really think that's the best we can do. Not do the thing again, but instead figure out a better way. And the same is true for my clients. Let's take the case of, I'll call her Sarah, the aspiring entrepreneur. Sarah had always dreamt of starting her own business, like many, many clients coming to me. And she had a passion for baking and she wanted to open a bakery. But she constantly worried about not being a good enough baker. 
the potential financial risks she would incur and the possibility of actually disappointing the people around her if she failed. So for many, many years, until Sarah came to me, she never took the leap and remained stuck in her unfulfilling job. She would bake on the weekends and every minute that she was free and everyone knew how good her cakes and muffins were because they were always there to taste them and take them home with them. But the fear of failure really paralyzed her. Eventually, luckily, she had to jump because the job was too unfulfilling. And even with the fear of failure, she did it because that's the thing. You have to do it with the fear. If you wait for the fear to go away, you'll never do it because that just never happens. Or let's take the case of Mark. I want to call him the ambitious writer. So Mark was an aspiring writer that I met in a writing class I took. And he really wanted to publish his first novel. And by all accounts, he was a great writer. But he constantly doubted his writing and feared rejection from publishers. Now, if there is one thing that I know from the books that I'm writing about the publishing world, it's that you'll get rejected. I mean, it's going to happen a lot. That's part of the game. So being afraid to fail is probably the worst fear you can have as a writer because it could keep you stuck forever. In Mark's case, his finished manuscript remained hidden in a drawer for a long time and it took him a massive amount of courage to finally step out and send it to a publisher. But after a few painful rejections, his dream of becoming a published author became a reality. And that's how it is with every dream or goal. You have to accept failure, mistakes, rejection as a potential side effect. Because if you don't, and if you wait for the moment when none of those things can potentially happen, you'll never do anything meaningful at all. Now, so we know that the fear of failure can paralyze us, prevent us from pursuing our dreams and stifle our personal growth. But that's just the fear part, though, and the easy bit in a way, because muster enough courage and eventually you will take the jump. But what if we start to identify with our failures? What if we start to believe that we are the failure? When the fear of failure becomes deeply ingrained in us, it can manifest in a powerful self-perception. The belief that we are the failures, rather than experience failure as a temporary setback or a learning opportunity, can really damage us. Now, this happens when failure intertwines with our sense of self-worth, and it distorts our perception of who we are and what we're capable of. When we identify with failure this way, we start a cycle of self-doubt and self-sabotage. We start to hesitate to take risks or pursue new opportunities. And if we're not careful, we don't do anything at all anymore. I know people like that. They just overthink everything they want to do until they've seen all of the potential mistakes and they never do anything. Now, to overcome this, it's really important to recognize that failure is not a reflection of who we are. It has nothing to do with our inherent word. We are not our failures. Failure is a natural part of the journey towards success and growth. And it's through failure that we gain valuable insights, learn important lessons and develop resilience. So by shifting our perspective, we can begin to see failure as an essential stepping stone to the life that we want to be living. Ultimately, our relationship with failure is going to shape our path in life. 
If I had let myself be guided by my first big mistakes, like the investment that I did in the franchise, I might never have taken any risks after that. I came across a Marilyn Monroe quote a few days ago that is so on point with this episode, and it says, Just because you failed once, it doesn't mean you're going to fail at everything. It's really important to remember that failure will happen, but so will success. They go hand in hand. And this is such an important topic that throughout history, many philosophers and thinkers have pondered the nature of failure and its impact on our lives. And one of the philosophers that I go to over and over again about this is Friedrich Nietzsche, who believed that failures are necessary steps on the path to success. And he he emphasized the importance of embracing our failures as they provide valuable opportunities for growth and self-discovery. I love Nietzsche because he reminds us that failure is not an endpoint. It's a catalyst for personal evolution. Another philosopher that I really like is Epictetus. He's from an entirely different period. And he said that failure itself doesn't define us, but rather our response to it. And I really love that. He believed that our character is shaped by how we handle setbacks and challenges. Epictetus, in that sense, encourages us to view failures as external events that we can't control. But we can control our attitudes and responses to them. So how do we transform our failures into positive experiences? If you know me a little, you know that I love experiments. So to reprogram your nervous system into knowing that nothing terrible happens when you fail and that failure is simply part of living and achieving your dreams, you can start with little experiments with friends, family, loved ones, like stuff like low-hanging fruit that's not dangerous at all. For instance, forget the condiments next time you set the dinner table and go, oops, my bad, if anyone notices, or misplace your sister's or mom's or dad's glasses and see how they react when you tell them about your mistake. Or go to a restaurant if you're a little bolder and order something you know you don't like and change your mind when it arrives. Now, some other practical strategies that have worked with coaching clients and myself include self-reflection, taking the time to reflect on the lessons when you fail, learning and adjusting, using failure as moments to really grow and change your strategy of life or work, Cultivating resilience, obviously, because every time you fail, if you control how you react to it, you're going to develop a resilient mind. And I think that is so valuable because it makes you so much more confident and courageous over time. And then finally, why not reframe failures as stepping stones to success, as opportunities? Instead of dwelling on the negatives, reframe them. Think of how much you're going to grow, learn, and how closer you're getting to success. So basically, and I have to thank a conversation I had with my friend Lotte earlier today for this wrap-up, trying not to make mistakes is useless. We're human. We are going to keep on making them. But being willing to deal with them appropriately, meaning apologize when we need to, learn what there is to learn, move on and do better next time, is a much, much better strategy. It's not easy and it requires courage, but it is the most effective and the most beautiful way to grow and become a better person. 
Yay, that's it for this episode. Before we end today, here's this week's fuck it, let's do it experiment. Now this week, and I I, I think you can guess where I'm going with this, I want to invite you to make mistakes. Use the options above that I gave about the experiments or come up with your own little experiments to help your nervous system accept mistakes and experience how harmless they actually are. And if you're feeling inspired, here's a little act of daily rebellion for this week. Embrace the joy of imperfection. Pick an activity or a task each day where you intentionally allow yourself to make mistakes without judgment, without self-criticism, without even thinking about it. It could be something as simple as trying out a new recipe, experimenting with a creative project, engaging in a physical activity that you've never done before. For example, if you love painting, intentionally create a piece where you focus on expressing yourself freely without worrying about perfection or the final outcome. Allow colors to blend imperfectly, let go of the need for precision, color outside the lines, embrace the process rather than fixating on what you want to achieve. Similarly, and this is one that I really like, in conversations or interactions with others, challenge yourself to express your thoughts and opinions openly. Even if it means stumbling over your words, not having all of the arguments lined up, not being sure that you're right, it doesn't matter. Just talk openly. And, 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 if you have a story of overcoming failure or if you'd like to get in touch with me, I would love to hear from you. So please connect with me on Instagram at Muriel Marie or via email at Muriel at MurielMarie.com. Have a great week. Break a leg. And bye for now. And just a heads up, I'm not a therapist or doctor, so if you're not feeling your best mentally or physically and you need some help, please make sure to consult with a medical professional or a therapist.